We are here live, more or less. I'm Rick Rosen with Mark Anthony. This is Good Sports. Good afternoon, Mark. What's going on in your neck of the country? Good afternoon. Yeah. Not much, actually. Yeah. Do you change the as often as the map seems to change from day to day with different parts of the of the world switching uh, allegiances or, or hands or whatever? Do you update your map very often? Nah. Nah. Sooner nah. or later, you know, sooner or later, you know, they, it'll go back to where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Out of chaos comes order. Yeah, okay. Exactly. That's a good theory. I don't know if it's going to work here. Yeah, right. Uh, Mark, the Houston Astros are leading the, the National League. I mean, the American League now. Houston, in the American League, they were in the National League for so long from the Astros. They started out as the Colt 45s. Believe it or not, and then became the Houston Astros. That's where we got AstroTurf and all that. Now they're in the American League, and they're kicking some butt in the Central. And uh, Houston was crappy for a long, long time, got all those first-round draft picks, made some trades of some aging veterans, and have just stockpiled arm upon arm upon arm uh, for their pitching staff. And now it's coming to fruition. Uh, Houston is a legitimate contender to, to hold the World Series trophy at the end of the year. So, uh, baseball heading down the playoff stretch, man. Who's your team? Uh, too early. Don't say the Twinkies. Don't say the Twinkies. <laughs> Kirby's been dead too long, man. Yeah. yeah. See, see, the problem with baseball is there's so many freaking games. You know, they play, what, six six days a week? I mean, anything can happen, yeah. in, you know, in the next 48 hours. So I don't know how well, – yeah. I don't know how betters make money betting on baseball. I'll tell you exactly how betters make money betting on baseball. And now is not the time of the year to do it. But baseball is a long season, 100 games. And the only – only system that I've ever seen work, Mark, and work over and over and over, is the the guy who will lay off the first two or three games, uh, particularly of a four game series. You mentioned that they play six days a week. That three games travel, have that one day off, and then play three more is generally how it goes on the schedule. Sometimes they have two days between, but you're right; they get a day off if they're lucky, and they. Uh, uh, when a team wins the first two, you take the lo- the loser of the first because a lot more teams split one and two than they do go down 0 and 3. So you bet on the team no matter who's pitching, no matter how crap or what else is happening. Fewer teams get swept. Many more teams complete that uh, break up the sweep rather than get swept. So uh, that's the only real way I've ever seen to make money at baseball. I've known guys who handicap the umpires and the pitchers and the second string shortstop and the bat boys, and they they have stats this long, and they, and, and they still lose their ass. Okay. No, the only thing that I've worked, guys, the guys don't give a damn who's pitching. Okay. Who lost the first two games of the series? We go to the second game. Now, playoff push, it's a little different. Okay, so whoever wins the first two games, you bet against them on the final two games. Yeah, right. Okay. Because if you just look at the schedule, many fewer teams sweep a three-game series, then get then go then get split. So when somebody's up two nothing, now if the first two are, are split, then you're out of luck. You 
go to go to the next thing. But it's situational. You find where a team has won the first two, or particularly the first three of a four-game set. It's much. It's you know not as rare as Amish electricity, but it's a pretty rare occurrence that they have a four-game sweep. I mean, somebody really has to go on a roll to get four in a row. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's just that's the only, really the only thing I've ever seen work. Uh, you were uh, mentioning holiday handicap, and I remember when I was back in Minnesota, and you know, and the Twinkies were the Twinkies, and, you know, the guys that I worked with, I mean, they knew the stats. They knew, you know, the RBIs yeah. and what he did in college and what he ate for breakfast six years ago, <laughs> and – you know, they knew everything about these players, <laughs> and I would look at the one guy and go, when's your wife's birthday? And he'd look at me and go, uh-huh. yeah. uh, okay, so you know, knew when Kirby Puckett last took a dump, but you don't know when your wife's birthday is. Okay. That's right. Uh, all right, here's the here, – what's the difference between a golf ball and a G-spot? What's the difference between a golf ball and a G-spot? Oh, God. I asked you first. Yes. What's it between a golf ball and a G spot? <laughs> Almost afraid to ask on that one. Um, <laughs> a man will search all day long trying to find, find a golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. Don't know my wife's birthday. Um, I, I, I couldn't remember a birthday, so I got rid of the wife. Was, that was somewhat expedient on my part. Um, that's not that, that's not how she told me last night. Sex, sex is a more a more often occurrence now. It's you know unfortunate that I'm alone, but <laughs> all things considered, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. So anyhow, baseball is coming down to the short strokes mark on September first. Uh, the parent teams will be able to call up fifteen players that are in their minor league system, and it's not just guys that come up from AAA. Some of these cats are, are in AA, and they want to give them a big time and see how they're going to do and, and give them some some motivation. That Some of these kids are there simply to help out. Their pitching staff at this point of the season always needs whatever rest they can get for those arms. And so if you have a AAA or AA, and the – the rest of the major leagues have not seen him and do not have a good book on him. The, the players keep their own. Some of them keep them up in their heads. Some of them keep them books of pitchers and their tendencies and what they throw in what situations. The book's not out on these kids that come up in September, at least first time around. He's going up there and throwing one and two hitters that were good pitchers in, in triple and double A, but nothing to write home and tell mom about it, or they'd already been up. But they come up on that on that September first, man, and they come out there throwing throwing everything that know what they're seeing. The next time they they play them, if they if they see this pitcher again, then they shell him because now everybody knows what what he's going to do. So uh, it, it's a good time to be a baseball fan. You know, there's a lot of teams in the hunt. Uh, the Yankees uh, looked like they were going in the dumpster, and I'll be damned if A-Rod doesn't come to the rescue again. I, I don't know what this guy has to do to redeem himself baseball-wise. You know, we let, we let a lot of guys. But Mark McGuire's back in baseball. He's the batting instructor. You know what I mean? You, ha- you have a lot of guys who are tainted by that same thing that A-Rod was, and they're part of baseball. And, uh, you know, yet still we screw Pete Rose. But, I digress. Uh, anyway, A-Rod has had the most incredible season for a guy who turned 40 in the middle of it or towards the, a month or so ago. 
Uh, he's having a wonderful season. There are, there are kids 25 years old who would trade his stats straight up right now. And he's been doing it with the bat. He's been doing it with the glove. He's been doing everything in clutch situations. A-Rod now has hit more Grand Slam home runs than anyone in, in baseball history. You know, Lou Gehrig, I think that's the record he, he broke. I think A-Rod now has 25 Grand Slam home runs. He's not only hitting for power, but he's doing it at opportune times. A lot of the stuff he's done has been eighth, ninth inning stuff. So, uh, you know, you got to give, got to give, and my God, if that guy's doing steroids still, you know, there, there, he's a special kind of stupid. And somebody, one of the, one of the wags on, and said, well, he's never failed a drug test. Well, well okay. I think he kind of lost the people that were helping him do that since I think the cat's still in prison that was supplying the drugs and those kind of things. Yeah. So I don't believe the no. same pipeline is there and available. And you, I, it would be beyond a special stupid. For a rod to still be doing anything like that, I mean, you're talking about I have a 25 million bucks. All things, I'm I'm listening. Okay, baseball Here. baseball seems to be the only major professional sports where they can literally, right before playoffs, change the entire roster of the team. They can basically bring in a whole a whole new team. Forty percent more, yeah, um, yeah. You're well, Mark. Yeah, it is an odd thing. It is it is strange. Uh, there are reasons, but at least they do it consistently, and they do it for both teams. So it's happened before, and they they gear their – it's almost like a, a, a race strategy in NASCAR. They gear their strategy for that pit stop that happens on September 1st when we can get some fresh charms in. And then they have to cut down – if they do go ahead and make the playoffs, then they have cut back to 25 guys. But if you're on the roster, you can be on the on the playoff roster. They can't leave you out, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the playoffs, bring you up from Double A. You're out of luck. You have to bring somebody in that's been on Major League. You know they have waivers and all kinds of little minuscule type things that that, that keep somebody from just doing it willy nilly. But uh, for the most part, these guys get called up, and, and and so they help a team. You know, one game. A lot of times, it comes down to one game more, one game less. And if uh, these kids can come up and get a taste of the big top the big team win you know uh it, it it's just how baseball works i don't think it's a an incredibly efficient system but at least it does you you look at what <laughs> some of the other sports i mean my god uh football crappy teams uh, basketball crappy teams uh make the playoffs at least baseball has kept it to a couple of wild card teams most everybody that makes the playoffs in baseball is deserving there are at least 500 teams, but you have you have both football, hockey, the other three sports, the other three big, big three sports. No, that crappy teams in simply because of how they have the playoffs set up. And if you win your division, you're in. Well, okay, but if you win a crappy division and somebody gets left out with a better team, and they're talking about doing the reseeding now, they're talking about not not having that be such an overwhelming factor that you won your division. So a team with a better record is going to be higher seeded rather than just simply to have, we were the, you know, uh, the NFC North champions. If your record's not good enough to hold your seed, then you don't get it. So, you know, that's going to be some change in football, which football is about to, uh, about to go on. Mark, I'm I'm out of the corner of my eye. I'm looking at the the big fight between the Rams and the Cowboys. And, uh, you know, there's uh, these are teams. They let them, they let them at each other. You've been doing nothing but hitting a teammate in an incredibly testosterone-fueled sport. And you have guys whose paycheck, whose future, whose millions of dollars 
ride on making this first team, on getting on this team now, or their options are incredibly limited. They're in a camp now. Coaches know them. They see them. They might actually know their name. They 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 they, they see this system and they're they're trying their darndest to make this team, and they finally get to hit somebody wearing a different colored uniform. And one of the parts of of making a football team, Mark, uh, uh, making any kind of team like that, hockey teams same way. You sooner or later have to prove you're a you're tough enough. You're a, you're man enough to, to to be able to handle the rigors and handle the 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 mano y mano stuff because that's what it comes down to. I think I can whip you. I think I can beat you into submission, and I don't believe you can. And I believe I can beat you into submission. And that's how these things go, whether it's boxing or whatever. But in football, you have to show your manhood at some time, or they, or, or nobody respects you, and you're not going to be on the team. You're not going to be able to maintain it. So. It's a fine line. They're they're bitching about the fights and this and that, and you know nobody. Rarely do people get hurt in football fights because they're wearing armor. It's like watching two knights hit each other. Okay, you know lift the lift the face mask now and again, and we'll we'll see what happens. But you know the idiots are the guys that take off their helmets. And if there's nothing really going to happen to you while you're standing up, if somebody hits you, unless they hit you with another helmet, and even then, I want to be wearing my helmet. If somebody's going to tattoo me in the head, I want to have a helmet around it first. So, uh, anyway, I think these fights are much ado about nothing. They are simply the the result of a bunch of pent up emotions and that one little bit of release. And some guys, you know, guys who were in this camp or that camp, there's always those kind of little scenarios that lead to a trigger. But it seems when one guy's pissed off wearing wearing Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uniform and a guy from the Rams doesn't like it and they start fighting everybody decides oh my god it's on it's jailbreak time it's it's in 65 time and all hell breaks loose and then they go the game is over and and then they hear from the league office we don't want you doing that it's like NASCAR we don't want boys being boys oh nobody gets suspended when when Kevin Harvick pushes uh, Brad Keselowski into the middle of uh, you know in the middle of the ring all they needed was Kenny Bayless and Michael Buffer they could have had a they could have had a big pay-per-view thing but uh so yeah, you know, it it keeps the spray, it keeps the the name in the spotlight. It keeps the sport. It's kind of tough to get a to get a headline anymore. Particularly, you look whatever's going on politically. You have to share when when sports had their own particular seasons when they didn't cross over so much. Okay, you were good. Uh, baseball's coming up, and a couple three weeks before the season, teams, uh, your pitchers and catchers report to to training camp in February, and you're you're getting ready, and here comes spring, and you're playing, you're doing baseball. Now basketball goes till June. Baseball's in mid-season by the time basketball and hockey end, and then they start. Look, football starts in June and July, and so it's a year-round thing. So they have to compete against each other, which they didn't used to have to do for that space on the on the sports page and that space. You know, but which story are we? Are we the first story on Sports Center? Are we down the line at number eight? So. You know there is that that constant competition, Mark, that I don't think we've had before. Uh, some of the uh, some of the controversy or controversy is this uh, um, this week. Uh, Eli Manning was mistakenly quoted as saying he wanted to be the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I believe he's going to. Just how things have worked out, even if they franchise tag uh, Eli Manning, he's going to be the highest paid quarterback with this new contract and they're thinking that he might only sign a one-year contract and, and make his 23 million or whatever it is, if they franchise him. 
and and test the free agent waters, which he is has been around the league long enough to do. And guys that have won two Super Bowls and done the things that that, that Eli has done and be related to a great quarterback like Peyton Manning, I guess you're going to get, you know, he's not going to give up this job and go start building uh, building homes out of mud in, in the middle of nowhere Africa. Uh, he's going to be playing football somewhere, you know. But uh, uh, anyway, he, Eli's not I, – I, when they said that, that Eli had said he wanted to be the highest-paid quarterback, I was like, man, of all things I've heard, to, you know, and it's not like we're best friends, but of all the things I know and have heard and seen from, from Eli Manning, that ain't part of his deal. You know, I, I just don't think he's as money-driven and that, that ego-driven. I think Eli's a pretty cool dude. And uh, sometimes that that almost costs him. He's not as fiery, I think, as some – NFL quarterbacks are, you know, uh, uh, Rivers comes to mind at San Diego. Uh, the guy that was traded, he and Eli swapped places. Uh, San Diego drafted Eli, and, and, and New York had, uh, had Philip Rivers, and they made that draft day trade, and Eli didn't want to play in San Diego for whatever reasons. And, you know, two Super Bowl victories later, um, uh, Eli's there. But I don't think – I really don't think that he said it. If he said it, it was taken out of context. But Eli Manning is going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL. Um, just how things have played out. Uh, guys aren't due for their renewal. Uh, Russell Wilson just signed his contract, and he's younger than than, than Eli. So, uh, um, you know, things have worked out that Eli is going to be the, the highest paid quarterback. So, but I don't think he, I don't think he was going to sit out or anything. You know, it's just worked out that way. I, I, I really don't think it's a big, big issue. But must have been a slow day, and they they made something out of that. So, um, injuries, Mark. Lots and lots of injuries, which we have at uh, uh, training camp every year. They're, they every year they talk about we need to do away with the preseason. There's no reason to have these guys out there beating each other up, and for the most part, they're right. You know, uh, when you're once you've made the NFL, <laughs> God, how many more practices do you need to to run an off tackle play and to do things you don't need to hit following running the play? You need to get the play down, the execution of the play. So. Um, Exhibition games are just a just an. I mean, I don't think they pay the price now. It's in December when these games really catch up to them. You know what they've done in August, and just another game, another game, and the drudgery of it. So, I think they could probably take at least a couple of the games out of the preseason mark and not be any worse for the wear. And honest to God, you can get your <laughs> you can get an idea of if a guy can play or not in a couple games or at practice or whatever. You know, if you need more than that, well, okay. Somebody's going to slip through the cracks. But I, I think just with the injury list, do you realize that, that Peyton Manning, even though the Broncos are, are pretty decent favorites to win the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning will have three rookie linemen in front of him. Mm. Peyton Manning, he of the neck surgery and the, and the stuff and the older legs and the, and the whatever. Okay, uh, Brock Osweiler's a, a pretty good prospect, although he only played one year at Arizona State. And he's been holding the clipboard for Peyton Manning. Um, I don't think he reminds anyone of Steve Young sitting behind Joe Montana. So there's not a groundswell of it's Peyton done, get, get rid of him and let's put Brock in. So that's where the Broncos are going to land. Uh, you know, they're one, they're one injury to Peyton Manning away from being a pretty mundane team. They've got a great defense. They got Wade Phillips back. But uh, uh, injuries, uh, again, injuries, trades, uh, defections, those kind of things have left them with three offensive linemen in front of Peyton Manning, who's, you know, 39 years old or something like that. So anyway, um your 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 uh, Minnesota Vikings, of course, gave up the greatest home field advantage ever 
for the, for the benefit of the fans who now say, we want a chance. Wait a minute. You, you had what you needed to win a damn championship. You gave it up for $8 beers inside. You know, you, you didn't have to warm the beer. We cooled it. So, I mean, you didn't chill the beer. It, it did it itself in Minnesota. But Well, come on. <laughs> Good comeback. I like it. <laughs> yeah, you betcha. It could be the Raiders here, by I'm telling you right now, it could be it could be Raider time. Um, just so just so you know. I mean, I, I I'm telling you now, the Raiders finally have a Raider as a coach. His name's Jack Del Rio. He never played for the Raiders. But when he played at Southern California, when he when he's played in the NFL, he played like a Raider. He always had that nasty streak, that just mean, okay, I hit you, now I'm going to, now on my way by, I'm going to stick my elbow in your ear. You know, there, here, take this back to the huddle with you. So that's how Jack Del Rio played. That's how the Raiders have always thrived. Um, you know, for, for guys who are so technically sound but, but kind of fragile, they don't like playing the Raiders. Yeah, I'm not as good as you, so I so I have to kick you in the dick every once in a while to slow you down. Oh, okay, wait a minute. We got to do what? <laughs> and that's kind of how the Raiders go about things, and I guess that's why I've always liked them. But, uh, but uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. They have David Carr. They have a young team. They've got they've got some talent. They've got they've got some uh, some pretty decent defense. Uh, if they can maintain their health, because as you teams are up and coming, it's depth. As much as anything, Mark, and then we're back to that injury issue. Um, when you have when you have good depth and guys can step in and and step up for a couple of weeks and let somebody heal up, you are you're you're pretty much going to be in the hunt. If you're down to your third string guy, you know, two three weeks into the season, you're in deep caca because nobody lets anybody worth a damn out in the middle of the season. They're certainly certainly not going to help anybody that that can potentially keep them from winning a Super Bowl. So they don't mind shipping somebody to Tampa. You know, but they'll trade for Tampa's good guys that that, that are sitting. But nobody's going to trade a nobody's going to trade anybody that's going to help Green Bay win the Super Bowl. Nobody's going to help yeah. the, the 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 Patriots win the Super Bowl. They're not going to give them any talent unless they absolutely don't have any other options. You know, a very rare occasion. And so, anyhow, um, football so, season be upon us. So, so who's going to move into the new LA Stadium? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question it's going to be the Raiders and the Chargers, uh, much as the Lakers and the Clippers share the Staples Center. Now L.A. is going to have two football teams, which hopefully they'll put a all-star team together between them and just cancel one of them and call them the Ragers. And there you go. We'll call them the Ragers, the Raiders and the Chargers. It's a combination combination thing. You know, during, during World War II, they, had, uh, they put the, the Steelers and the Eagles together. And they were called the Steagles. That's the that's a real deal. Okay, Eaglers right. would have been just as good. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have enough guys to put a to have two separate teams, so they put them together. They were the Steagles. You can look it up. I, I, I suppose I should. Okay. You, you. Steelers and Eagles. All right, Steelers and Eagles. Yeah. Steagles. Um, it, it came out when they had the steel pennies. Remember the steel pennies? Yeah, I do. I get them I'm, from nineteen forty-three yeah. or thereabouts. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really that, that old. old. Thank you. <laughs> You've seen them, though. Damn, they have old coins where you're from. Do they do, do they use coins them? yet in Minnesota? Or are you guys still on the rock and fish and and uh, you know uh, beaver pelts and stuff? Do you, do you actually use coins in currency? 
Yeah, yeah, we do once in a while. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, well, well, and you talked about country. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's not be the pot calling the kettle black here, pal. <laughs> so, okay, Mark, a um, couple things coming up. J.B. Well, Mooney has moved into second place over uh, uh, Ricardo Vera, or not over him, but uh, certainly breathing right down his neck. And as we've always said, as uh, I know, I'm a huge fan of J.B. Mooney's. I don't know if I've ever seen as talented a bull rider in, in all the times that I've seen him, and I've watched a lot of bull rides. There's just something about the way J.B. Mooney gets on that bull and doesn't get off that, that makes him, I, if he's healthy, here, here think, again, if he's healthy, he's a he's he's going to win it. Yes, I think this year is going to be like last year. It is going to go th- that coming into the world finals, it's going to be neck and neck. You know, it, it's just yeah. that's that's what it's shaping up. You know, the only guy out of all the Brazilian contingent that ever beat anybody by just showing up, as far as I'm concerned, was Adriano Marias. Yes, they knew when Adriano was in the hunt, they were they they were they were all fighting for second place most of the time. And the only guy from the American side that I see that has that kind of swagger, that has that kind of deal, is J.B. Mooney. And you see when he shows up, and when he's in, the, 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 you just see a, a difference. I, I don't know what it is. The, the Brazilian contingent for as many more Americans there as there are than there are Brazilians, and particularly in the PBR. The showing that they make and, and the championships that they've won and the impact they've had on pro bull riding, it's very, very hard to overstate. But, you know, you can look at J.B. Mooney and say, man, if that kid had come from Rio de Janeiro or, or, or somewhere in Brasilia or somewhere in Brazil, he would fit right in with that Brazilian contingent, how he rides yes. in bulls. He's going to stay on until his fingernail on his little finger is off of that rope. He's still counting it as a ride, you know, and, and he has a wonderful clock in his head. Uh, to to get to that eight seconds, so I really think uh, JB Mooney is uh, is the guy to beat. Even though he's in second place, he's made up quite a few points, and he's riding very well. And uh, by the way, Shorty Gorman, uh, Gorham, yeah, Gorman, him too. Uh, Gorman, I, I have football, UNLV football in mind. Of course, Tony Sanchez went from Gorman, but Shorty Gorham, one of the world's greatest bullfighters, had his birthday yesterday. We want to wish Shorty a belated oh. birthday. Yeah, when's your birthday, dude? Yours is in November. Mine's in January. Well, I knew when mine was. Yeah, January. Well, my son, my oldest son, Jim, uh, January 24th, was born on the day the Niners won their first ever Super Bowl and let dad get home in time from the, from the, <laughs> my, my ex woke me at 430 in the morning. My ex woke me four, maybe three thirty, four o'clock in the morning and said, because uh, we were expecting Jim uh, somewhere around. The second week of February is what the doctor had said. My mom's birthday was February 10th, so we were thinking that's going to be cool and, you know, whatever. So um, we had a water bed that was that was inside of a mattress cocoon-like, and it was very comfortable. I'd, I'd gotten it when I worked at Wards. And uh, very comfortable, and I woke up, and it seemed like maybe the bed had a leak. And my wife is saying, my ex is saying, uh, I think we might be having our baby a little sooner than we thought. You go ahead and go back to sleep. I've got some things to do. Oh, sure. I'll just, <laughs> just nod right on off. You know? So so got up, and, and uh, we had uh, my daughter, Risa, was uh, 15 months old at the time. Had to call her godmother to come over and, and, and 
get Risa and babysit her and whatever. And so we actually, I, I called my parents and, and, and uh, my ex's uh, parents and said, we're going to the hospital and off we went. <clears throat> the night before, well, actually, uh, like I say, as, as her water burst and here I was laying in the puddle. Okay, let's go. So my wife had been in, in labor 37 and a half hours with my daughter, our oldest, my, my grandfather, she was born over Halloween. My, my daughter's birthday is November 1st. My wife actually started labor the day before Halloween on October 30th. And my grandfather was dying of lung cancer. We had two hospitals at home. He was in one. We went to tell him goodbye and and love him and kiss him. And we're on the way to have the baby. And he acknowledged that about five o'clock in the afternoon, they called and said, uh, grandpa died. And, I mean, he was my grandpa, and it's not that Sandy didn't love him, but, but we they gave her a shot to calm her down. She was not all that overly excitable anyway. Uh, and uh, uh, anyway, it stopped the it stopped the labor, and so 37 and a half hours she was in labor. It just stopped the most of the process except the pain. And uh, so for my son, Jim, here it is, Super Bowl Sunday, the morning of, and of course... <laughs> we go to the hospital, and they had taken the the television out of the waiting room in the at the uh, uh, labor room. So you sat there at Super Bowl Sunday, and there's nothing. I'm looking. There ain't no TV. There ain't nothing. So I just had my arm operated on. So I said, "Okay, I'm going to take Risa home. I'm going to call the call the babysitter. I'm going to take Risa home. Uh, I'll be back in an hour, hour and a half, something like that. I'll make sure she has breakfast, and I'll be back." Thinking, okay, it took 37 and a half hours for this one. It's going to take a few more hours for that one. I go home. I get the babysitter for Risa, get breakfast started for her, grab my little portable TV, stop at the 7-Eleven, get some donuts or whatever to take to, to, to everybody that's waiting around, and get back. I grab a newspaper, Sunday newspaper, and I get back, and I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, wow, I went to the wrong damn room. I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong, there must be a second one. And this nurse sticks her head out the door. She says, are you the dad? I said, I believe so. That's what my wife said. And uh, she (laughs) says, well, you're about to, you're about to miss it. Holy crap. It's eight 30 in the morning. So I run in, like I said, I just had my shoulder operated on not very long before. And the doctor who who, who was going to deliver the child uh, had to help me get the little booty things on. And we got in there and five minutes later, he's crying. And uh, it, it was a very, very quick thing. And, but he let Dad get home in time to watch the Super Bowl. So I don't really remember the first half. Yeah. I, you know, I was smoking cigars and partying and, 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 you know, called my buddies. And they came over. What do you do? And they come watch the Super Bowl. We'll celebrate my kid being born. <laughs> so Jimmy, to this day, is a, he's, he's a very big Niners fan. And, uh, you know, a little bit, of, a little bit of family animosity there. I'm a Raiders fan. He's a Niners fan. So. This year, it looks like I might have the upper hand. The Niners are in disarray. But uh, anyway, I don't know if anybody has a better Super Bowl gig than I, my, that's the day my kid was born. My oldest son, you know, God gave me a son and it was on Super Bowl Sunday. Now they don't play the Super Bowl in January anymore. It's a February nope. thing. So I'm working on having another kid. If Mary would cooperate a little bit. We we oh, uh, time oh, it out. Let me see. No, 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 no. Don't please, please, please. No more, no, no more little Ricks running around. We don't. No, 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 no. I beg your pardon. No. No, 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 no. No more little Ricks. I could, I could adopt. Adopt a dog. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> ha,
Okay. Uh, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um, okay. Tom Brady's not going to be suspended for four games. Go ahead. I'm listening. I'm okay. all ears. Okay. For some reason... Martin Ass is all ears. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next year, the PBR World Finals moves to the new MGM Arena. And you're pissing and moaning about that one. Well... <laughs> I'm not big. Uh, listen, Arena, the Thomas and Mac is old, and, and they're going to redo it and whatever, and I'm loyal and all that. But honest to God, where they put that arena, you didn't have something you could have torn down. You had the thing, the, the lot across the street from the Mandalay Bay. You had to put it by the intersection of I-15. And, the, you know, there's no parking. There's no. There's a lot of bad karma. Going into that thing, Mark. Oh, we want a hockey team. We don't want to. And Steve Sisolak, our our county commissioner, in trying to deflect some of them, instead of just saying, yeah, we probably F that up. There's no way that's going to work to have 15,000 people in one place at one time and let them all go at once. The game ended. Everybody go get your car. And now we got three cars making it through a stoplight. It's not. It, I mean, it's the wrong location. I'm not so, you know, I, we probably could have used the, uh, a, a facility like that. It's unfortunate where it is. It's the troll under the bridge. It's, you know, we got a parking lot. Let's put the, let's put a new Coliseum out there. Where are the people going to park? So Steve Sisolak says when he goes to games in, in San Diego, he's used to parking and then walking for half an hour. I think our county commissioner must park in Tijuana. To, to be half an hour away from a game in San Diego, honest to God, where would you possibly have to park that you couldn't park closer than half an hour's walk away for a San Diego Padres game? Where do no. they park? Last time they were relevant, Elvis was still alive. Yes, yes. But the PBR <laughs> used to be at Mandalay Bay, and everyone seemed to right. park in the parking garage just fine. Mandalay has the parking garage. There's no parking garage with this thing. There's nothing connected, Mark. And the parking, the parking that they that they're counting on, is connected to the casinos. Okay, well, let's figure out who do you like more: people paying thirty bucks a ticket to go in and watch the PBR, or people throwing thirty bucks every five minutes into a slot machine. Uh, I think we've got a priority issue here, and I think the people that are going into the casinos are going to have as much priority, if not more so, than people that are going to an event, getting back in their car and boogieing. So uh, again, I would say Rick, I've seen better, you well, know. Once again, well, Rick, the next time you visit Las Vegas, I'm going to take you down on the strip and show you all the new things that have happened since 1955. <laughs> I want you. I want you to hear this. I believe that they that they consulted with. George W. Bush and Dickless Dick Cheney for for the exit strategy for getting out of the damn arena. So uh, anyway, I'll we'll leave it at that, Mark. But no, uh, you know, uh, God bless them. It's it's nice that we have a brand new well, facility, yes. whatever. It's hey, an upgrade, dude. you know, hey, this dude. and that. But if if Hillary the convict and Obama the socialist were in charge, <laughs> they would have put this next next to Sam Boyd Stadium. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and that would and that pales in comparison <laughs> to starting a war you do not know how to get out of. <laughs> you um, know, it's like a dog chase in a car. Rick, okay, we got the Rick, car. Now what? Yes. Rick. Tell me the exit strategy. I must have missed the memo. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it contained with the was it was it I know they have it 
and it's buried with the weapons of mass destruction somewhere in the desert. The Saddam Hussein didn't use when they were 15 miles away <laughs> all these weapons of mass destruction. Oh, I own them. I just don't think this is the right time to shoot them off. So, yeah, so, listen, if we're going to so, do politics, yeah, well. So let's just pull everything out <laughs> and create ISIS. There we go. Let's just go ahead and. President be, Hillary. You know, yes. <laughs> She she's <laughs> heading for for uh, Gitmo. <laughs> for email, dear God. If that's listen, I'm telling you right now. If that's you, you say okay. Here's what Hillary did. All right, what did it lead to? No, no, no we're not sure. Benghazi um, wasn't a good thing. There's, there's actually four. I'm just saying. Four, let me let me finish. There's four. There's four, four bodies in in uh, Benghazi that would um, argue anything. That you was could. that has nothing to do with her emails, Mark. You can't can't connect the two. This is more than six degrees from Kevin Bacon that way. Oh, but God. what I'm what I'm saying is nothing bad has has been directed at those emails. We don't know if it Edward Snowden got them or somebody. Somebody used some information that might have been contained in those emails to cost an American their life. That's what I'm saying. Simple, simple fact. That would have come out by now. If somebody had an inkling that that might have occurred, that some of those emails might have led to somebody's death, trust me, they'd already been beating her with it. And I don't think we're, I don't a, think we're all that fair to so, Republicans. It just Listen, so happens that she had nothing I, to hide, so she wipes the servers absolutely clean because she has nothing to hide. Right. She is so sweet and right. innocent. And Tom Brady... Listen, but maybe it was like, okay, Bill, I'll learn, I'll look, okay? I mean, maybe that's what was on there. She has all kinds of stuff. Nonetheless, if somebody had an idea, the, the, the good thing is all those emails that were sent out have a recipient. They're not gone. <laughs> they have recipients. So there's still a source to get to the weapons of mass destruction. Are, have, will, will we concede... That they just didn't exist. They're not there. They haven't surfaced yet. ISIS isn't using them. The Bashar Assad isn't using them. Hussein didn't use them. That's because they didn't have them. They would have if they could have. They just didn't have them. So it's why we went to war. I have a dear friend who lost his son in Iraq. We were on the air when Rich Perez Jr. was killed in Iraq. And this is a young man who one of the nicest young men I've ever met, Mark. And he died for money. He died for you know, okay, uh, I don't. I do not agree with it, and I do Rick. not agree with it. We what we did Rick. in Af listen what we did in Afghanistan. Let me finish. What we did in Afghanistan was in response to the attack on the World Trade Centers, and we went after the Taliban for harboring Al Qaeda. And and everybody, I, everybody that I know that has any kind of sense understands that was as necessary as anything. That was a you've crossed the line, and we're we're at you. You didn't just kill five, blowing yourself up in a. You know, uh, a bar that caters to servicemen in Germany. What you've done is kill more than 2,000 people, and we went after them. Okay. In Iraq, it was different. There was a different. There was a different situation, Mark. And I'm just saying, you know, not to not to get incredibly political, but there were two separate wars with two separate agendas and two separate things. And we did. We have listen. We haven't done all that good. Uh, it's like everybody's. Well, we should never have left Iraq. Well, did you want us to just stay there? We have an unwinnable war. Once we did again, that in Vietnam. And it, 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 it didn't work. Well, if there, if there was again, a solution, what the hell was it? Okay. Once again, facts. You know, sports. Get, sports. Facts get in the way of a liberal's conversation. What, what, 
what facts what facts do you have that would suggest that there are let me ask you tell me one fact one iota one scintilla of evidence that you might have that there were the overwhelming factor the straw that broke the camel's back to get us to war in iraq okay. one scintilla okay. very show simple. me one part of a missile yes they're buried where very simple under George W. Bush, mm-hmm. we had three branches of government. We don't have that anymore. Two of those branches. That's not what it, Mark. You're, you're, two of, you're, sh- 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 how's the weather? My mother was a seamstress. Wait a minute. How's the weather? Show me one scintilla of evidence about weapons of mass destruction, and I will concede. I will register as a freaking Republican if that will make you happy. Okay. When we had three oh, branches of government that worked – Two of those branches had a two two, two senators, one one from Illinois and one from New York, mm-hmm. who voted for Get their freaking the war. Guess who those two are? Hillary and Obama. Get Get to the weapons of mass destruction. They voted for it because they heard wrong evidence. They voted they for heard? it because they believed, which they we all heard? wanted to believe, that oh, there right. were weapons of mass destruction. Okay, you got my vote. There's weapons of mass destruction. Okay. Hey, guess what? We didn't find any, but we're still at war. So then, okay, 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 Uh, Rick, Rick, Mark, Mark, hang on a minute. You have to, you you made it. Concede your point, though. Because of faulty. uh, So you're saying Hillary and Obama know nothing. They are absolute total idiots. They are in government. Only believes. Thank you. Thank you Bullshit. for my, thank the you for dickless chain orchestrated to go out to start a money for Halliburton. Are you a big fan of Yes or no? <laughs> okay. I'm not a big grand arena either. <laughs> Where it sits. If it sat somewhere else, I might be a bigger I, fan. Well, but I'm not. Uh, again, I see problems, Mark. I just see problems for it. You know, uh, PPIR opened up in Colorado uh, 25 miles away from my hometown, Pikes Peak International Raceway. And they had grandiose plans. They were going to force NASCAR to give them a, it was a beautiful one mile track. They were going to force NASCAR's hand to get a race at PPIR. So they hosted two bush races at the time a year, two truck races, a bush race, and two Indy Racing League. They had five big events all year, and those, those were them. And their first event was an Indy, Indy Racing League uh, uh, event. And they had everybody in there, and it took seven hours to get the people out because they had a bottleneck that went down to one lane to go under the freeway to get back on the freeway and go down a six-lane freeway. So this bottleneck cost them. There are people that are still writing. If I go to my hometown newspaper, anytime that they have an event there or anything like that, people still mention how, how they screwed up, and it was parking. It was, it was that thing. So, that, listen, this is, a, this is a storm that's on the – it might dodge them. It might miss them. They might come up with something that works. But until then, they haven't shown me diddly squat of what is feasible to, to make parking and traffic and all those things work. So it, I, it remains to be seen. But I will tell you this. I'm willing to bet you lunch wherever the hell you want to eat. And you got to do the same thing for me if – we see more reports on how well it went, that's your side, or how crappy it went, that's my up or shut up. Your turn. Okay. On. Okay. Once again. Uh, okay. One. Say okay. No, hey, no, we don't want any butts. No, no, you okay no, no, with the bet? No. no. Rick? Oh, no, 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 no. No, I didn't think so. Yes. 
<laughs> it was at Mandalay Bay, and you seem to have no problems with the traffic there, which is the exact same situation as it has now. Where? Okay. Talking about Thomas and Mac? No. Mandalay Bay. Oh, Mandalay Bay is absolutely a different situation, Mark. They have their own parking. They have there's prairie across the street if we have extra cars. There's the there's the, the, the Monte Carlo next door. There's the four seasons. They have the convention area. There is not the same amount of on on uh, uh, Frank Sinatra Drive. There is no room. The the parking structures, I mean that's their employee parking. There's just not as much room as what they have planned. Say so what, what what let me see, what do we leave out? Well, the people will take the buses. I'm here to tell you that ain't happening. They'll they'll park at Mandalay Rail. Okay, then they're going to end up in, in the front of New York, New York, and have to walk all the way to the back. I'm just telling you, I've seen lazy bastards fight over a parking spot one row closer to, to, to Walmart. In the, you know what I mean? This is Las Vegas, so they don't, they, we don't like to walk. We don't like to walk in the heat. If, if they, we have moving sidewalks. If they had them every frickin' where, more people would be happy than would be upset at the lack of, of uh, exercise uh, opportunities or whatever. So I'm just telling you, I see that, Mark. Uh, I, I, I think that's you, – you accuse me of something, not, not being happy about it. I'm happy for them. I'm happy for my friends. I'm happy for Scott Voller and, and, and his uh, group at, uh, at the MGM Mirage. Uh, but – this is a problem that's not going to go away, Mark, and it's going to be something that we're going to have to deal with. And as a municipality, you know, people raised hell about Carolyn Goodman's wanting to just spend public money on, on the soccer stadium and those kind of things. Okay, well, people are going to raise hell because it's going to take public money to fix this. It's going to take public money to fix that interchange to make it better. So, they, we, you know, if we build it, they will come. Yeah, but how the hell do we get them home after? You know, so that's where we're at, Mark, and I believe that I, I, there's no way to prove this until until it happens. But I'm telling you right now, there's some puckered up people. There's some there's some people that just are saying, man, well, you know, how's it going to work? Show me how this works, and I'm I'm on board. Explain. We go from here to here to here, and everybody gets gets home in an hour. Okay. You know, I I don't think that's unreasonable, Mark. You okay. can get home in an hour from from Sam Boyd. Go ahead. Uh, Okay. Mandalay Bay doesn't sit on an intersection. Access to Mandalay Bay is the exact same situation as you have with the MGM. Now, I will agree it with you. It couldn't be further from the truth. The oh, MGM is different, Mark. The MGM is, the MGM is not where this arena is. The arena is behind right, New, York, New York, it New York. It is in the shadow of the I-15, absolutely. And there is no – if it was at the MGM – Oh my God! The parking that they have there will 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 accommodate any anything that they have. There's never a parking issue. I mean, at the MGM, it's a pain in the ass, and you're 20 minutes to get out. Here, it's going to be different, Mark, and I think it's going to take public money to fix this if it's fixable. I don't think MGM Mirage is going to come. Oh, they're going to play poor. Oh, we need a hit. We didn't see this, and God, we fired this guy, and whatever, and we're still going to have this problem. So uh, that's what I see in the future, Mark. And uh, again, I'll take you to lunch, dude, uh, wherever you want to go. We will, we will trade article for article, comment for comment, whatever we read online or, or, or in the review journal. I mean, they're pretty uh, – uh, no, okay. no, no okay. I don't think anyone is more Rick, friendly with me than you or vice versa. Rick, uh, Rick yes. I totally agree with you that parking is going to be a okay. problem. Oh, say that again. Wait a minute. I didn't hear you. Say that shit again. <laughs> okay. Parking is going to be an issue. I haven't heard however, that However, okay. 
All right. You are exaggerating because Mandalay Bay's parking mm. dumps right into Frank Sinatra. Monte Carlo right. parking dumps right on to Frank Sinatra. Okay. And that's before Mandalay Bay put the freaking stoplight in. So the issue there is no parking dump under Frank Sinatra. That's what I'm trying to tell you. There is no parking. This is a facility without its own parking. Okay. Which is asinine to me in planning. And I don't know who did it, but that doesn't make it any less asinine. There is no parking structure at the Mandalay Bay. There is. And it exits both directions. It does exit on the Franks and go out the side and go right up to the strip and be done. Get on to Russell and go home. You cannot do that there. It's going to jam up that intersection. It's going to be a safety issue because there are people living in that area. There are high-rise hotels. Imagine the clusterfuck that we're talking if there's people a fire. Living... Imagine. Okay, other, okay, other, I'm just telling you. Other, other, other than the homeless, who's living behind New York, New York? Oh, my God. The, there's huge population around there. There's population right over by the airport. There's pop area, Mark. You, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people. There's by, by up in Summerlin, Rick. But but for somebody to say, here's the solution. Hey, people don't mind walking a half an hour, Mark. That's what our county commissioner who okayed this plan said. Well, people don't mind walking a half an hour. I'll kiss your ass if people don't mind walking a half an hour to an event inside at 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 New York behind New York, New York. People don't go to New York, New York, because it's a pain in the ass to park at. People don't go, you know what I mean? People don't go there. Las Vegas don't go there because it's already a pain in the ass. Now we've made it a bigger pain in the ass and we're counting on your dollars. Well, okay, good luck. I hope it works, Mark. I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Because a lo- we have a lot sporting. We have a lot sporting at stake here. We're talking about an NHL franchise or a soccer franchise or a, a potential basketball franchise. It's got to work. I don't think it's going to. For for those things to come to pass in the next few years, this thing has to work, or we got to start construction on one that will. And if they if they if they build a, another Thomas and Mac rather than refurbishing what they have, I mean, I just think these Mandalay Bay and MGM are totally different. But they both have their own parking, and, and they they you know you're right, Mark. MGM Mandalay Bay, yeah, they're self-contained. This is not. There is no parking structure. You're talking about competing casinos cooperating. Uh, how how much cooperation are you going to get? You know, they wouldn't piss on each other if they were on fire wanting them to say, yeah, you can use some of our parking and we'll, we'll accommodate you. And I don't think it's going to happen. So, But I, I, I thoroughly believe that this is a, a – what, what, what's going to happen if they don't get an NHL team? What's going to happen to Mr. Foley and his billions of dollars if he doesn't produce an NHL team? You know – the NHL didn't seem all that hot to trot. You got a brand new stadium, and uh, yeah, we'll think about it. We're not, we're you know, we're not ready to do anything right now. So they haven't enthused the people that say, okay, you now are part of the part of the friend, part of the deal. So um, again, uh, I, I I really wish the PBR had been able to stay at the Thomas and Mac just for just for old times' sake, Mark. I I love the Thomas and Mac, and I love I love the fact that the PBR wasn't associated with with the casino per se when they left Mandalay Bay and went strictly to the Thomas and Mac. I think it changed things a little bit. People didn't have to walk through a casino to get there, and the attitude was a little different. The crowd was a little different. They weren't as drunk already. 
you know, it's harder to get a beer at Thomas and Mac than it is walking through the casino. So, um, or being in the casino full, you know, you know what I'm talking about, Mark. So I think this is going to change and I don't think we've seen anything like exactly like this ever before here to compare it to, but I don't think it takes a, an exceptionally, um, uh, good person. Uh, you don't have to have a great deal of ESP to see that there are certainly potential problems. And these problems can be, can can be uh, a nail in a coffin to whatever goes there if people can't go and they can't get there and you know I mean you run shuttles or something like that. There's got to be a solution that's better than well people well, they sure won't they sure won't and uh, you know I, I'm I'm willing to tell you right now I'll kiss your ass if they do you you will have discovered something new to have people do in Las Vegas that they have not shown or so whatever you're putting in the cool. And they're drinking it. Oh, God bless you. But I don't think it's going to happen, Mark. I'm not. I'm not walking. I wouldn't walk a half an hour. Shit, you'd have to give me a ticket and a and a hot dog and a beer to get me to go half a walk, half a frickin' hour to go see an event to Mark walk half an hour back to get in my car and go home. It's not going to happen. I'm just like telling you right now. So next time you're in words. Vegas, right call me up and I will show you the strip. <laughs> it's changed a lot since 1955. Uh, okay. But I agree with you. Parking's going to be an issue. Yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's not okay. All right, but good. It, but, but it's not what you're making it out to be. And the reason for the we'll move see. is completely because MGM is the corporate sponsor for the World Finals. Right. Ye freaking hoss. We could have it at the Ford dealership at the Auto Show Mall. Ford is a much bigger sponsor than the MGM. A much bigger sponsor. And again, uh, the... When it was at the Mandalay Bay, that made sense, Mark. And and half and half, it was kind of a convoluted thing. But it was cool. They had the three days off in between to, to kind of relax and maybe do a little bit of corporate schmoozing and, and then go back to competition. And now it's they've, they've changed it up, Mark. So I don't, okay. I do not think this is a, this is a move overall for the better because they could be the baby that gets thrown out with the bathwater. They've signed on to do this thing instead of saying, hey, let's see how this works for others. You know, we're not really losing anything to stay at Thomas and Mac one more year. It's not like there's a great deal of stuff going on that last week of October or first week of November. Uh, whenever the, the PBR World Finals are, whenever they fit into that schedule, there's not a whole hell of a lot else going on, Mark. It's situational. There might be a fight or something like that or a UFC event. But, you know, there's nothing really big sporting-wise that, that, that fits into that time frame. And I, I think prudence would have said let's wait and see how this works you know we we can't get cowboys to park there where have you ever walked in some of the things you see people wear to the pbr people that have never had their foot in a cowboy boot before buy them actual finals rodeo or the pbr or both uh, is the, uh, what about the nfr they've got this great brand, brand new contract are they going to go next no because it doesn't fit how does it not fit? How do the bowls fit and the and the, the rodeo doesn't? Because those the, guys don't use all the arena in the rodeo. Here at the national finals, you need eight feet past the bull chute. I mean, past the 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 cap chute or the steers. Because with yeah. with the with the NFR, you have the riders running in the arena, and and at the new arena at the MGM arena, they just have one end that's got the that that. That's got the tunnel. They don't have the two tunnels that you have at the Thomas and Mac. And the NFR needs both, both, both and? tunnels. And Why? So, 
people, the only people that run into it is the, 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 the barrel racers. They're the only ones that use that tunnel, Mark. Uh, again, this is, it's, it's not, I, I would like to see if we're going to have that be the arena. Okay, be the arena. I liked it when they had boxing at the Thomas and Mac. I thought it was cool that it was not attached to a casino. It was not, you know, it gave us that little diversity. Everything is not casino driven. I don't think the MGM. I'm. I. Uh, I think they're. They. They have not always had the sport that they are making money from. It at with their best interests at heart. They've done some chicken shit things to boxing. They've done some chicken shit things to to the sport of boxing that for no particular reason, Mark. Not for more money. Not for anything. But but. Lack of honest to God, you don't understand what what we're talking about here. Why would we no, have don't. a second event on the same night? Why couldn't we? Co- why can't they coordinate? You know, you can coordinate traffic after a, after an event. You should be able to coordinate a a, a schedule. Well, have well, a week apart. Well, look at the, the they had just released a gaming study. Okay. And lo and behold, this group came in and they visited all of the states that have gambling. And they looked yeah. at all of the statistics and everything. And they went, gee, these casinos have a really tight hold on the slot machines. And it's hurting them. And it's like, duh. You know, ever since MGM and Caesars and, you know, ever since we became a corporate-owned town, yeah. We're we're run by bean counters that were that were educated at Harvard. They have no clue to they re- who they have no clue clue to who you and I are. They have no clue to who yeah. who who walks through that front door. That's, they ran out. The, they ran out one set of crooks, Mark, and yes. brought in another set of crooks. What's, uh, what's the difference? Totally agree These with guys that. are better, Chris. These guys carry carry calculators and wear Armani suits. And the the mob, they they they, they didn't all have Armani suits, and they carried forty fives. Or you know what I mean? It's a, a one set of crooks to the other, and these guys are less. At least, totally. uh, and I I don't know that I've ever had many people disagree with me. For the people that were here when the mafia ran the place, I think a lot of people think it was it was better and not just a little bit better, Mark. I think it was much better. And they certainly, if you worked here in Las Vegas, you had some status that I don't think we have from the from the corporations. And I think I think we are just so much uh, fodder. Oh yeah. And uh, totally. again, I'm not I'm not I'm not big on them. I think this is a you know when one when one place has a monopoly. Now now okay, there are problems that come with that lack of competition. You know, this is it for boxing. They brought us the biggest boxing event, crappy as the biggest boxing event in anybody's lifetime that's still alive and breathing in 2015. Floyd Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao, get excited and give me 10 bucks to watch these guys strip down to their underwear and get on a scale. I think they've crossed the line. I think the bean counters won out there. And I think true boxing fans and boxing in general was not helped by that. I, 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 you know, that's when the people that can't afford a damn ticket get to see their heroes. That's when they get to see Floyd Mayweather Jr. and Manny Pacquiao up close. They don't get to see him in the ring hitting each other. Not that they did a whole hell of a lot of that. There was almost as much action at the weigh-in as there was in the fight itself. True. But, 
to, to start, I think they really crossed the line to charge for that, Mark. And how much money could you possibly make? Yeah, I know you made some, and we're going to give it to charity and this and that. But they left some people out. And everybody that you leave out, you may never get back because they'll find something else to do that day. And if it's something cool that they find, they you know they may never go back to boxing. And they may never go back, you know, I... I hope it works out for the PBR. We've been there on a Wednesday, Mark, and looked at a, 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 at a Thomas and Mac that's half filled. You know, you can get out of the Thomas and Mac real quick. And, uh-oh. uh oh, you know, you see these things, Mark, and they, uh, um, it, it just it just looks like if I'm going to read the tea leaves at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the cup here, okay, I see problems, and I see, uh, I. I you see the monopoly problems of being, okay, you have all the fights. Now you have all the sporting events. You have this and that. Now everybody's got a kowtow. Everybody's got to play by your rules or they don't play. You know, I was yep. at Caesars during the heyday when, when the Olympiad race and sportsbook, the home of champions. And Joe Salvador and I were doing the show there, Mark, and Caesars had every boxing event that was big. Steve Wynn came along and built the Mirage. And, uh, of course, okay, let me turn my phone off, so I just got to get a thing to turn it off. Um, anyway, uh, Steve Wynn opened the Mirage. They started hosting boxing, and there was competition for Caesars. We were doing the show at Caesars, and they the the thing that we had going for us was they said, listen, if it's good for, for Las Vegas, if it's good for the strip, you guys can do it. And so we had no, no problem whatsoever if there was a, a headliner fight at the Mirage of – Doing that and going ahead and uh, and and promoting it because Caesars knew the Mirage was right next door. I don't think you see that kind of cooperation anymore, Mark. No. When no. the MGM Mirage, which is Caddy Cosmopolitan, has a, a World Championship Boxing uh, event on the same night that they have it across the street, then somebody somebody didn't get the memo, and somebody doesn't have boxing's best interests at heart. And they're going to, sooner or later, that's going to come back. And, and, and it's going to cost fans and whatever. So, you know, Dana doesn't do that. You look at the UFC, you know, they, listen, uh, Dana White cooperates with Jeff Meyer and, 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 and Tough Enough. And, or Jeff cooperates with them, but there's cooperation and coordination. Jeff does his thing the night before. And that's how Bally's used to do. When I was at Caesars, Bally's was having a couple boxing events. Some weeks there were more than one. But they always had something. If there was a big event in town, they coordinated their things the night before. So the boxing writers and everybody that was in town covered theirs one night, and then the next night they went to the big event. And so that's how some of these guys got found and, 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 and made a name for themselves, is boxing, uh, being able to perform here in Vegas in front of the big-time writers who would not have normally gone to their event. And now that with the Monopoly, I don't think you're going to see that anymore, Mark. I don't think, I don't think the Mandalay no. Bay or MGM or where, wherever they might have an event or this new arena are going to have one on, on Friday and then Saturday. It takes two separate, two separate organizations, two separate you know, efforts. You just don't see that uh, as being their, their motivation, Mark. No. So, nope. uh, okay. again, it remains to be seen how that's going to work out. So. Okay, let's let's right. call it a day. Um, let's call it a day. All right, we're wrapping things up here uh, again. Uh, uh, one of the things, Mark, uh, before we go, uh, we want to give our thoughts and prayers and uh, uh, whatever we can. Uh, Eric Kramer, uh, former Chicago Bears uh, quarterback, attempted suicide and uh, it did survive. Uh, it, uh, it he had he shot himself, 
and it ended up being a non-life-threatening gunshot, according to the report from the Los Angeles County Sheriff's deputies. So, uh, anyway, we wish Eric Kramer well. Uh, I don't know if this is going to be back related to the concussion issue or whatever it is, Mark, but that uh, uh, that seems to be the breaking news, along with Tiger Woods shot a 64. Uh, and uh, Tiger, and not just on the back nine. Tiger Woods shot a 64 for all 18, uh, all 18 holes, and uh, it, it looks like uh, Tiger, if he finishes second or better, uh, he will be in the uh, in the in the hunt for the uh, uh, to, to uh, he will be in the the uh, the playoffs, uh, so to speak, the FedEx Cup for golf, and uh, you know. Uh, but if Tiger Woods gets it together, imagine the comeback story that'll be. So, anyway, uh, Mark, always uh, always a pleasure uh, uh, doing the show with you, and I appreciate yes. all your help. Twisted knobs, turning dials, and uh, folks, we hope you enjoyed. Uh, we, we hope you enjoy listening to Good Sports as much as we do doing it. And I'm glad yeah. we don't sit right next to each other because the blood splatter would get on the camera and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, for all of, for Someday all of us here at Good Sports. <laughs> And uh, certainly my friend, uh, Mark Anthony, uh, we appreciate you listening, folks. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on Good Sports. I'm Rick Rosen. Good night. Good night.